Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. I've got my video production manager, Rudy Gutierrez, in the studio with me today. How you doing, buddy? Man, good. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see a smashed phone on the desk. And you want to tell the story of why we have a smashed phone on the desk? <clears throat> so when we, were, when we were shooting some of his uh, book trailer, a lot of his story, a lot of Matt's story is... About starting from, <clears throat> starting from, you know, the basic most point of, of CFF's history, and it was a folding table, a chair, <laughs> and a phone, and a phone book. And we just smashed the hell out of this in the studio the other day. It was awesome. We had the best You Need More Money book photo shoot and uh, video shoot last week. And to Rudy's credit, he and our team just did such an unbelievable job. We rented a killer studio. The lighting was unbelievable, and then one of the finishing shots was these crazy guys got me to smash with a huge sledgehammer and a folding table as if I'm, – I'm assuming the symbolism, Rudy, was that those days are long gone. Yeah. I mean, it was – when I told uh, our marketing team that we were going to do this, they, they lost their minds. They, thought it, they said it was fantastic. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, hey, you can get to this. Just smash the old. Where did you find these old phones? For, like, so this this is actually from a prop master I use in Dallas. He's done a lot of TV stuff. He has a warehouse full of props. He, I was like, hey, can you give me some old phones? He's like, what color? <laughs> oh, dude, that is the phone, man. And we ended up smashing them with sledgehammers. It was killer. There were so. two, but you destroyed the other one completely. That was awesome, man. We had fun. So it's in here as symbolism, I guess, moving forward. We're actually starting to collect some props in the studio now. Yeah. Uh, we got the phone booth from this guy, and then we had one more thing, but I can't find it. I want to surprise you. I don't know where it went, but we'll, we'll surprise you. Well, let's get into it, my friend, because here's something that I want to talk about, and I love when, when you jump on because I think you have such a great perspective on things. But I believe that the single most important thing that somebody needs to do to get moving on the direction to get rich is that they have to find a mentor. But it's something that we're all so afraid of. And I was so afraid of it. And I've said this before, it cost me a decade at least of my success. And so I want to turn today's podcast into the importance. I'm going to give the rules of what you need to do with a mentor. And I'm going to give you, I don't know, I got about nine structures or tips here as to the actual process that I want you to take to find the mentor. And the premise is so simple of why you need a mentor. Why is it that the greatest athletes in the world, and you can just go down the list. I mean, if you want to look at Tim Grover, the author of Relentless, who, by the way, just did a podcast with Ed Milet, who was on our podcast, what, 10 days ago yeah, or something like that? So, they did an incredible podcast. I listened to it this morning. It's 58 minutes of just Bam, bam, bam. I mean, it was killer. In fact, Ed Milet got uh, got Tim Grover crying on it. Wow. Talking about Tim Grover talking about his dad, and they got to crying about it. It was killer. I mean, I was actually getting teared up in the car listening to it. It was powerful stuff. But, you know, Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's personal trainer. He was Kobe's personal trainer. And, you know, not for like six months or something. For 15 years, he was Michael Jordan's personal trainer. And every great player, whether it's in athletics or it's in business, have mentors. Man, why do the best athletes still have coaches? They're already the best, but they still have coaches. But yet, when we're trying to get out of broke and through accumulation mode and then eventually into rich, we don't. It's almost like when we graduate high school, we're done with it, right? 
or maybe we graduate college and we think like, well, now it starts. Dude, it's an ongoing process. The challenge is, do we have the structure to get our hands on a good mentor? So have you ever had a mentor in your life? I have not. You never, never had one. No, but in, 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 in the business I'm in, like <clears throat> we we always look to like because I work in film and television, so we'd always look to like the big directors, the big producers, and like what did they do? So it was like a pseudo mentorship, but we never had somebody be like, "Hey, what did you do?" But I'm glad you asked me this because I actually found myself mentoring a friend of mine mm. how to be successful in the freelance world. Mm, mm, mm. You're talking video freelance? Yeah. Well, she does makeup and, and film, oh. and uh, she's a friend of me and my girlfriends, and uh, she. Just can't get work, doesn't know what to do, single mom. She's great at what she does. She just doesn't know how to market herself. Have you always had a beard? I have, yeah. Since we've known each other, you've always had a beard? Yeah. For real? Yeah. You're just letting it get shaggy now. I'm That's letting it go. I need, to, I need to shave it. I know. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. You're letting it get shaggy, dude. You yeah. get food caught in that thing? No, I'm pretty good about it. Did I get food? <laughs> I'm trying to see it on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, the premise is so simple. If The greatest athletes... Business people all have coaches and mentors. Why don't you? Why didn't I for all those years? Man, why was I so afraid to get a mentor? Because now it's never been easier. I mean, I guess I didn't have a physical mentor, but it's really unfair to say that because I had mentors in my tapes and in my books and in my CDs, man, and I played them till the damn things broke. So the greats were my mentors, Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins. I was, I was absorbing all of that content. I remember when I bought Tony Robbins' uh, Personal Power in 1991. I graduated college in 1991. I bought that program. And over the years, I bought that program at least a half a dozen times. I would go to Half Price Books. Most people don't know it, but you know it. I know it is. <laughs> and I would go to the clearance rack, and I would buy motivational tapes on clearance for a buck. And by the way, on a side note, you know what I would find? Maybe the first tape was listened to for like 10 minutes and the rest were never played. Never. People never got through that stuff. They'd listen to maybe half of the first tape and the other eight tapes were completely unplayed. And I always loved that, man. That was like a competitive advantage for me. I was like, these dumb shits didn't even get through it, man. I'm going to get through it. And I would listen to them. Over and over and over and over and over. And I guess they were my mentors, but I never had a physical mentor. I never had it at the house. I never really even felt it in the coaching world of having a coach in sports. And certainly no, no friend's dad ever took me under their wing. And it, it hurt me, man. It cost me. And so today you got it. So he's like, for you, Rudy, you know, you could, you could for $99, you could buy a masterclass online program at masterclass of Scorsese yeah. or of, of Spielberg. Yeah. And and they could be your mentor if you don't have a physical mentor. You could still get one. And yeah, that's part of that, like, pseudo-mentorship that I said. You know, like, I would go and research, like, how did Peter Jackson make his first film, you know. Who's Peter Jackson? Uh, he directed all the Lord of the Rings, oh. you know what I mean? And uh, Alfonso Cuaron, another director that followed. Rodriguez. Like, yeah, Rodriguez and Gareth Edwards, you know. And uh, they were pseudo-mentors. But then, you know, like I said earlier... <laughs> I'm kind of arrogant, and I think I know everything, so oh. I feel like if I don't know, I find out, you know what I mean? Dude, that's interesting. So you're saying you didn't get a mentor because you thought you were too good for a mentor? I think I subconsciously think I'm too good. Wow, that's really interesting. I has anyone ever, do, has anyone ever told you that? Like, everybody. Everyone tells you you think you're too good? Yeah. No joke. Has that cost you jobs? Uh, No, yes and no. Mm. Yes and no. Mm. Wow, I came from a completely different approach. I actually thought that I was totally unworthy of having a mentor that I didn't have anything to bring to the mentor's table and I didn't have any 
um, credibility that the mentor would want to help me. I didn't have enough going on, right? The business was too small. The mentor is not going to be interested in helping me. And man, I was so wrong about that. Maybe I wasn't wrong about the business being small because it was small for a long time. But, you know, I did have stuff going on, man. And so rule number one in finding a mentor is you have to believe that you are worthy, that you are worthy, that you're on a mission, man. It doesn't mean that the revenue has to be to a certain number to be able to get a mentor. You just got to be on path, on target, moving in the right direction. And people will want to follow you if you're willing to go out and get that. So um, are you thinking about now getting a mentor? Was that tip enough for you to run out and say, I got to get a mentor? Well, when you when you mentioned it earlier, when we were shooting this morning, I was like, uh, maybe I should think about that because... I find myself, especially being here in this environment and you need more money being slammed in me daily, I find myself wanting to know about money and wanting to figure out, is, is money a real thing? Like, it, you know, beforehand you just work for whatever in the freelance world and you just you make it. And now it's like, oh, I can have more than that? And that was kind of a thing that I was like, maybe I should start doing it. So I started, I told you about that podcast I listened to. And yep. It's um, Be, Be Wealthy and Smart by Linda P. Jones. It's a great podcast and she's a big wealthy financial advisor for, for whatever she has 300 plus episodes mm. and so i started from the beginning and just started working my way through but i feel like another pseudo mentorship you know what i mean like i just listen to what she has to say so you again you don't have to have them physically and if you can't get them physically or you're too too much lack of self-esteem to get them physically you can get them online you can get them on tapes you can get them on xm radio you can get them on podcasts i mean there it's never been easier to actually get your hands on a mentor but what i'm talking about is a physical mentor someone that you can break bread with look across the table from and talk to and i'm going to go through these steps and i want you to hear these steps and i want you to comment on them if you're ready to take action on the first is you got to believe that's not rudy's problem rudy's arrogant he thinks (laughs) that he's best he's already spielberg in his own mind no (laughs) but um but i do think you're great at what you do buddy thanks uh the second thing in finding a mentor, the, the second step after you believe that you're worthy is you just got to look in your circle of influence. Who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with who knows somebody that might be a mentor? Because it's a real self-actualization moment. If you don't, in your circle, have anybody that would be your mentor, that's a problem with your circle. Literally, who, start with yourself in the middle, then you go to your circle of friends then your circle of clients or vendors. And then after that, dude, you're in the stranger zone. And you need to start reaching out, get real uncomfortable, and start reaching out for strangers who might want to help you. Hmm. That one's pretty interesting. Um, as far as circle of influence, I'd have to say that, especially when it comes to money, I look towards my friend, my best friend of 21 years. He um, he, he, was he made it. He's got money. Yes. How'd he make it? I started doing business. Doing? Uh, electrical engineering. For like major franchises mm-hmm. and some skyscrapers and mm. designing all their stuff, he started with like four or five other guys, and he was like, "Why?" We just thought one day, like, "Why are we? Why are we landing these million dollar contracts and we're making sixty grand a year? Mm-hmm. Let's go land the million dollar contracts." And so I've been looking to him towards that. I didn't think Good. it was a really big thing, but you know. He's kind of helped me, and I've done some investments through him too. Dude, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And it better not investment better not be that two fifty in Bitcoin that you did. I no, hope it's not that crap. No, no. <laughs> all right, let's get into number three. But that's doing good. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> when you bought it, it was eleven thousand, right? All right. Yeah. So you're two hundred fifty dollars. Bitcoin has to go to twenty two thousand for you to get five hundred. I would have rather seen you put two fifty into a trade show or 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 you know get yourself to ten x growth con or Tony Robbins. Uh, whatever he calls those things now, yeah, the yeah. Unleash the Power Within, UPW. 
All right, let's get to number three. If you don't have anybody in your circle, you got to start asking around. And this is exactly what I did about six years ago. I made a commitment first and foremost that I was going to improve my network of people. And I literally drew the line in the sand and said, I don't have anybody that I can turn to. I need a circle of influence better than what I have. And the first thing I did was I started to ask around. I'm looking for a mentor is what I said. Who do you know in the Dallas area? In fact, I didn't even say the Dallas area. And I would start to go to these events. At that time, there were a lot of Inc. Magazine events that I was going to and and uh, certain other trade shows and mastermind stuff that I was going to. And I would always ask the question, I'm looking for a mentor. Who do you know? And they would say, where do you live? And I would say, Dallas, Texas. And they would say, Dallas, Texas? Oh, you got to meet Rick Sapio. And then I'd go to the Inc. Magazine one and they'd say, I'd say, I'm looking for a mentor. And they'd say, where do you live? I'd say, Dallas, Dallas Texas. You're going to meet Rick Sapio. I heard it over and over and over, this guy, Rick Sapio. I'm like, who the hell's Rick Sapio in Dallas, Texas? I never heard of the guy before. Number three thing you got to do is if it's, if you first, you got to believe in yourself. Number two, you got to look in your circle of influence and it's not there. You got to start asking people that you want to find a mentor and who do they know? So for me, it kept coming back to this guy, Rick Sapio. And finally, I said to one of the guys that was at an Inc. magazine thing in New York City, and I said, will you do me a favor and send Sapio an invitation to meet me? an email intro, right? Which he did. Sapio replied, very nice to meet you, Matt. Damon was his, the guy who did the introduction. Damon said a lot of nice things about you. Let's get together for lunch. Sounds great. So rule number four is you got to go to events in which you can be around the players, not these low-level events that you're going to. I'm not talking about like at the shitty breakfast place where you're with six people who sell copiers and other crap, and you guys hand business cards around. That's not mentoring. That's not networking. That's not influencing. That's not circles of influence. I'm talking about never play down, always play up when you're attending these things. And to get to them, you might have to pay. Now, one thing I did, somebody told me, well, you know, you meet a lot of people at the country club. So I went and I joined this country club. Man, I didn't meet one person at that damn country club. I hated every minute that I was a member of that country club. And it was the old, I think W.C. Fields said it first. He said, why would I ever be a member of a club that would have me as a member? That's exactly how I felt. Why would I ever be a member of a club that would have me as a member? I mean, I'm dysfunctional. I'm a nut job. Why would I want to hang out with more people like me? And what I found at the country club was nothing but a bunch of lazy SOBs going no place. Really, it was terrible. Now. My man Ed Milet completely disagrees with that. He's a member of the best clubs in the country. I think he has six country club memberships because of the contacts that he meets. But in general, right. the shitty country club that you belong to is not where you're going to meet influencers. Maybe if you be a member at Bighorn, maybe that's different. But the stuff that most of us join for whatever it is, the $5,000 membership and the 800 bucks a month, whatever it is, you're not meeting a lot of influencers there. It's not where they live. you you got to do the Bonnie and Clyde. Why did Bonnie and Clyde rob the bank? Because that's where the money was. you got to go where the influencers are. Number five, once you connect. So I'll give you the first thing that happened when Sapino and I went to, to lunch. We met at Perry Steakhouse in downtown Dallas, and I was brutally honest with him. Just laid it out on the table. For the first time in my life, I think, in that type of situation, I was unbelievably honest and transparent. And I just simply said, I think I can be more. But I need somebody to help believe in me. I need help to get to this next level. And Sapio was just, just as happy to help. So rule number five, don't be a phony. Be brutally honest with this person. 
lift your skirt, throw up on the table, and tell them exactly what you need. Would you be able to do that, Rudy? I mean, yeah, you have to do it at network events all the time. Uh, I call it being real, <clears throat> being real with the, you know, because you go and meet producers and stuff, and that's part of what I told her is, like, go to every person on that set and just be real as you can. Hey, I'm just starting. I just did this. I'm, mm. I'm really good. Hey, you know, here's give me a chance, you know, whatever you need. And she's already seen Promise, so, yeah, just be absolutely real. She is doing better than you are? She's starting to do better. So what if you said to her, listen, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to help me get more gigs. I want you to help me see what I don't see. Switch it up. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there, man. That level of honesty and that transparency is mission critical. Because rule number six is super important. When you're picking this mentor, they must have achieved more than what you have achieved. They cannot be your mentor if they are not more successful than you. And the more successful people get, the more their bullshit radar goes up. And so you have to be brutally honest with them because they'll see the bullshit coming a mile away. Number seven, once you create the relationship, my man Rick Sapio said, I will take you under my wing and I will mentor you on some things. I will introduce you to players in Dallas, Texas. I'll open doors for you if you're brutally honest and... We commit to a monthly rhythm. Now, you could call it a meeting, a get-together, whatever you want. I call them rhythms. I call them rhythms in my office. I call them rhythms in my life. And Sapio and I agreed once a month, 11.30 lunch at Perry's. Now, Perry serves a huge, like, pork chop on Fridays and stuff. One time we had to move and we went on Friday. The place was, like, packed to the gills. Everybody trying to get the discounted pork chop for lunch or whatever. And both of us were like, we're never going here on a Friday again. Thursday, 1130, once a month, fixed, lock and loaded on his calendar and my calendar. And when I go to it, rule number eight, I have an agenda. And you know who else has an agenda? My man, Sapio. He pulls out a little, Sapio is the most, the coolest little tip. Every morning he takes a white piece of paper and he folds it in half and then he folds it in quarters. And each quarter he takes notes of all of his different conversations with people with little follow-ups of what he wants to do. Oh, let me send you that. Let me get you this. Let me connect it. So throughout the whole day, he ends up with this unbelievably beautiful piece of white paper with all these little vignettes, if you will, from his conversations. And it's so cool. I love when he, he pulls that out. But we have agendas. What is it that we want to talk about? And it has to only be one or two things. You can't have a lot of different things in it. Small, very specific, this is what I need help with this week, and then they dive in. And number nine, you must pay. Sapio never reaches for his credit card. I pay every single time. Why? Because I'm getting something from him. It's my gift to him every single time. I pay That's rule number nine. When you're finding your mentor, you must pay. So let me go through the rules and you tell me whether you like them or not, Rudy, because I know these are accurate. Number one, you must have a mentor. Agree or disagree? What you said, I kind of certainly agree. I believe with a thousand percent certainty, you need a mentor. I need a mentor. Everybody needs a mentor. Rule number two, final rules. The mentor must have achieved what you want to achieve. They have to be better at the desired result than you are. Do you know anybody right now? Who's the best of the best that you could get your hands on and become a mentor or have as your mentor? Uh, I have one friend. Uh, she's in the DGA union, which is what I want to get to. Mm. And, uh, she's, she works on big shows, big movies, works on Sons of Anarchy, you know, all the seasons. Like, Will you call her today and say, hey, I'd like to take you out to lunch? She's in Chicago, but I think we can work it out because she comes back to Louisiana and that's where we've met a few times. Did you see what I'm saying? No, get to Chicago. I mean, what if, you, what if they were so good and so meaningful that once a month you were on a flight 
on Southwest Airlines, Dallas to Midway in Chicago, took him out to lunch, again, went back to Midway, flew back to Dallas. That'd be a productive day. Okay. Something so to think I'll, about. I'll do it in January for sure. All right, number three, the final rules. Always play up, never play down when you're finding a mentor. A lot of us will try to find someone that's easy to get to. You don't. You want to find someone that's hard to get to. And the final rule, number four, you got to buy. You pull out the credit card and you buy. Are you able to do those four things, my friend? Yeah, I think so. So if we had a recap in a month or so, would you be able to? It wouldn't have to be this lady that you're talking about in Chicago. It could be somebody else. Yeah, I've got a friend in Dallas I might be able to do. I'll mentor your ass. (laughs) you got to buy. You understand? you got to buy. I'm in it. All right, listen, y'all, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Keep the likes and the reviews coming up and the subscribes. We really care about it. Rudy, you love those getting those, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Dude, we freak out. We track this uh, podcast every single day. We go to Buzzsprout multiple times during the day, and then we keep little sticky notes on the uh, electronic sticky notes, and we track all the data of this, and it's growing, and we're happy about it. But, man, I'd like to see it grow bigger. Joe Rogan has 70 million downloads of of an episode. 70 million. He's got to get you to host Fear Factor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I got to smoke weed. I got to post Fear Factor. I got to uh, – somebody was telling me on that interview that I did with uh, Ryan Stuman. I was calling it weed. and uh, No, I was calling it reefer. Reefer. And they said, you got to call it weed, man. It's now called weed, it's not reefer. Changed. I think it was reefer, then it was pot, now it's weed. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I can smell it on the studio. Oh, you right. could, right? I could yeah, too, yeah. man. Look, I was halfway like, dude, I think you're stoned out of your ass. I'm, I was thinking about throwing his ass out. You smelled so bad of weed. Nah, that wasn't bad. I guess I'm so used to it from being in college, man. And being on film sets, dude, everybody smokes. Really? Yeah. I had I had a meeting downtown afterwards, and I was like, man, do I still smell like weed from this guy? I could nah. smell the weed, man. Yeah, you could smell it, but nah, it wouldn't have got on you like that unless you smoked it. Everybody is smoking weed on film sets? Almost every single time. Like the actors and everybody? Oh, yeah. Dur- like, well, actors are probably doing more hard stuff. Like, <laughs> you're telling me some actors are stoned on uh, when they're reading their lines. More actors are drunk more than anything. Seriously? Yeah. Really? Trade secret. Dr- <laughs> drugs are prevalent on mo- movie sets, yeah? Not just movie sets, but TV sets. That's not every single one, but it's hmm. like, you know, it's anywhere you go. No joke. Yeah. Really? People are putting up $200 million for a movie and people are smoking weed and drinking and stuff. I have heard of stories of them giving an assistant five grand and coming back with a briefcase. Of Coke or pot or whatever? Mm. Dude, I'll tell you what. I learned something about that shoot, man. You got to be very patient on those things because everybody's setting up angles and getting the audio right and the lighting right. I mean, I don't know if I could do a a movie set or something like that. It might make me crazy. Imagine doing that about three times the length. Yeah, what we did in one day, and then going for twenty or thirty days. That's just for a low indie movie. If you go and work on like Star Wars, you're in it for six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's every day for you. All right, y'all. That's how you get a mentor. That's the rules of the game of getting a mentor, and the structure on how you go finding one. Now, go do it. Send me a note. Tell me that you took what you learned on the podcast and you went, you did it, and you're getting benefit from it. And um, and I want to hear about it. I'll see you all down the road. That's our episode this week with your host Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.